Hello, and welcome to MTC Audio Lab, brought to you by Melbourne Theatre Company. MTC Audio Lab is theatre for your ears, bringing great dramatic texts to life with some of your favourite stage actors. Melbourne Theatre Company acknowledges the Yalakut Willem peoples of the Bunwarung, the first peoples of country on which these recordings took place. We pay our respects to all of Melbourne's first peoples, to their ancestors and elders, and to our shared future. In this first series, you'll hear great Australian speeches performed by some great Australian actors. Directed by MTC Associate Director Petra Khalif, these recordings give voice and recognition to important speeches and texts from our history. You'll hear an introduction to the speeches by Petra at the beginning of the episode. John Curtin served as the 14th Prime Minister of Australia from 1941 until his death in 1945. Curtin's leadership skills and personal character were acclaimed by his political contemporaries. He is frequently cited as one of Australia's greatest Prime Ministers. This speech was a national broadcast in 1941. Curtin announces that Australia is now at war with Japan. Read by Greg Stone. Men and women of Australia, we are at war with Japan. That has happened because in the first instance, Japanese naval and air forces launched an unprovoked attack on British and United States territory because our vital interests are imperiled and because the rights of free people in the whole Pacific are assailed. As a result, the Australian government this afternoon took the necessary steps which will mean that a state of war exists between Australia and Japan. Tomorrow, in common with the United Kingdom, the United States of America and the Netherlands East Indies governments, the Australian government will formally and solemnly declare the state of war it has striven so sincerely and strenuously to avoid. Throughout the whole affair, and despite discouragement, the Australian governments and its representatives abroad struggled hard to prevent a breakdown of discussions. Australia encouraged the United States to retain the diplomatic initiative on behalf of the democratic powers. We did not want war in the Pacific. The Australian government has repeatedly made it clear that if war came to the Pacific, it would be of Japan's making. Japan has now made war. Since last February, it has been the constant aim and endeavour of the democracies to keep peace in the Pacific. It has been a problem fraught with grave difficulties, but in the view of the democracies, it was a problem that was capable of being overcome. Accordingly, the best brains of the democracies were brought to bear on the problem. Yet when the President of the United States had decided to communicate direct to the Japanese Emperor a personal appeal for imperial intervention on the side of peace, the war government of Japan struck. That war government, set on aggression and lusting for power in the same fashion as its Axis partners, anticipated the undoubted weight of the President's plea and shattered the century-old friendship between the two countries. For the first time in the history of the Pacific, armed conflict stalks abroad. No other country but Japan desired war in the Pacific. 
The guilt for plunging this hemisphere into actual warfare is therefore on Japan. The recapitulation of events I have given you is necessary so that we in Australia may correctly assess the issues involved. The stern truth is that war has been forced upon us, not because of stubborn resistance on the part of the democracies to every demand that Japan made, but because Japan chose the method of armed might to settle differences, which every other country involved was ready and willing to settle by negotiation and arbitration. By so doing, Japan chose the Hitler method. Japan ignored the convention of a formal declaration of war and struck like an assassin in the night. For as the dawn broke this morning at places as far apart as Honolulu, Nauru, Ocean Island, Guam, Singapore and British Malaya, guns from Japanese warships, bombs from Japanese aircraft, shots from Japanese military forces struck death to United States citizens and members of its defence forces, to the peaceful subjects of Great Britain and to her men on ships and on the land. The Pacific Ocean was reddened with the blood of Japanese victims. These wanton killings will be followed by attacks on the Netherlands East Indies, on the Commonwealth of Australia, on the Dominion of New Zealand, if Japan can get its brutal way. Australia, therefore, being a nation that believes in a way of life that has freedom and liberty as its cornerstones, goes to the battle stations in defence of the free way of living. Our course is clear. Our cause is just, as has been the case ever since we stood in the path of Hitlerism. I say then to the people of Australia, Give of your best in the service of this nation. There is a place and part for all of us. Each must take his or her place in the service of the nation, for the nation itself is in peril. This is our darkest hour. Let that be fully realised. Our efforts in the past two years must be as nothing compared with the efforts we must now put forward. I can give you the assurance that the Australian Government is fully prepared. All leave for members of the fighting forces has been cancelled. An extension of the present partial mobilisation of Navy, Army and Air Forces is being prepared. The Minister for Home Security will tomorrow confer with Army authorities on air raid precautions. Regulations will be issued to prohibit the consumption of petrol for purposes of pleasure. A conference will be held by the Minister for Supply with oil companies on the storage of fuel and the security of that storage. Arrangements will be made for all work on services that are essential nationally to be continued on public holidays in future, while in this connection all transport services will be concentrated upon necessary purposes. The Minister for Labour will leave for Darwin immediately to organise the labour supply there. An examination will be made to ascertain what retail establishments should continue to trade after 6pm so that we may conserve light, coal, transport services. These are some of the things decided upon quickly, but in no atmosphere of panic. There are other things that the government has done. These, by their nature, are secret. But in total, what has been done today adds up to complete provision for the safety of the nation. One thing remains and on it depends our very lives. That thing is the cooperation, the strength and the willpower of you, the people of the Commonwealth. Without it, we are indeed lost. Men and women of Australia, 
The call is to you for your courage, your physical and mental ability, your inflexible determination that we, as a nation of free people, shall survive. My appeal to you is in the name of Australia, for Australia is the stake in this conflict. The thread of peace has snapped. Only the valour of our fighting forces, backed by the very uttermost of which we are capable in factory and workshop, can knit the thread again into security. Let there be no idle hand. The road of service is ahead. Let us all tread it firmly, victoriously. We here in this spacious land, where for more than 150 years peace and security have prevailed, are now called upon to meet the external aggressor. The enemy presses from without. I have said that our forces are at their battle stations. They are not alone. It is true also that Japan is not alone. But as I speak to you tonight, the United States, Great Britain and her colonies and dominions, which include the Commonwealth of Australia and the Dominion of New Zealand, are associated in the common cause of preserving for free men and free women not only their inheritance, but every hope they have of decency and dignity and liberty. We Australians have imperishable traditions. We shall maintain them. We shall vindicate them. We shall hold this country and keep it as a citadel for the British-speaking race and as a place where civilization will persist. Men and women of the Commonwealth of Australia, it is my solemn duty tonight to sound a toxin. I proclaim a call unto you. I do it in the words of Swinburne. Come forth, be born, and live, thou that hast help to give. Hasten thine hour and halt not till thy work be done. God bless you all. Great Australian Speeches was directed by Petra Khalid, with performances by Sharina Clanton, Mark Cole Smith, Mark Downey, Greg Stone, Leonie Wyman, and Isabella Yenna. Theme music by Clements Williams. Sound design and engineering by Nick Woolen. Produced by the team at MTC. Enjoyed this episode? Find more Audio Lab episodes or learn how you can support Melbourne's home of theatre at mtc.com.au.